0: Welcome to Screen Vomit, the only movie podcast for normal people. I'm, of course, Kayla, and here with me is my twin, colleague Jay. Hello. It is our 50th episode, baby. Can you believe it? Wow.
1: <laughs> you what, What's the most pop, what's the most celebratory song ever? Put that track in when we edit it.
0: I just feel like it's got to be boys are back in town for us. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. Thanks for listening for 50 damn episodes. All right. We have no business up top, so here we go, baby. We did the 2020 movie, The Devil All the Time. I also need to make sure this time, because I always forget, but we need a trigger warning that there's a rape scene, and I will post the, I'll post in the show notes the time markers that we talk about it, so just heads up on that. All right, so this freaking movie, produced by Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, really? Yes, and... We got a whole ass cast on this one. So I'm just doing yeah. the highlights because there are so many friggin' number one jam all star leagues on this movie. Yeah. Um, we have Bill Skarsgard of the notorious right. Skarsgard family. This
1: podcast is a very pro Skarsgard podcast. Hell yeah. Podcast.
0: We got a couple stand in this movie for us. <laughs> we should.
1: Who is your favorite Skarsgard? I know who it is.
0: You already know who it is. Uh Alexander Skarsgard. Yeah. But I do like Bill as well. I just haven't I love I'm attached to True Blood. It comes up every episode. I get you have it. to know.
1: <laughs> See, I am an old school guy. I love me Stellan Skarsgard. I love I don't
0: even him. know what he's in.
1: He's in everything. Stellan Skarsgard is in Deep Blue Sea. Avengers.
0: Mm, oh yeah, okay.
1: Melancholia.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I know the man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's got such a, an inch. He's in Mamma Mia for Christ's sake. They're
0: all incredible. I mean, let's. This family's wild. I mean, how do they exist? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, Bill, the clown from It. Everybody <laughs> yeah, knows that's this man. The one. We have Harry Melling again. Uh, we just covered him in Old Guard. Yeah. And he's historically dressedly from Harry Potter.
1: Yep. He looks crazy now.
0: I think he looks awesome in this movie. He
1: looks, yeah, he's just a very distinct look.
0: We have Tom Holland from the Spider-Mans.
1: I got no opinion.
0: Sebastian Stan, who plays the cop, is Bucky from the Captain America movies. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. have Riley Keough, who plays Sandy, is the granddaughter of the famous Elvis and Priscilla Presley. She's also in Mad Max, yeah. Logan Lucky. It comes at night. Jason Clark, who's in the new Pet Cemetery. Boo! He's also in the aftermath with Alexander Skarsgård.
1: I hate Jason Clark.
0: <laughs> he's one of those guys that you say has the face, right? That you need a he's punch. He's just got the worst fucking face. <laughs> I hate it.
1: Fine actor, really. He's he's fine, and he plays like sleazebags, too. Always. Yeah.
0: yeah, he is always a piece of shit. Yeah. And then lastly, that I'm gonna mention, Eliza Scanlon, who plays Lenora, is in the new little women movie. I feel like
1: you forgot someone. Did you not mention Robert Pattinson's in this? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs>
0: no <laughs> Also, Robert Pattinson <laughs> <laughs> somehow did not make it into my notes, but does exist and is a large part of the reason we picked this movie. <laughs> yeah, Doy. So what's our damn critic scores?
1: Well, from Rotten Tomatoes, we're getting a 65%. Uh, from Metacricket, got a 55. And then... Google here it comes, users. baby, here it, for comes, shit? here it comes, here it comes. 90%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love Google users. I love that shit. Oh,
0: they're a bunch of freaks, and you know what? They're we love that. Just <laughs> insane. Google user scores are
1: fucking nuts.
0: <laughs> but they know what's up, so. <laughs>
1: they really do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I disagree with them on this one, but they're always right.
0: They're always right. That that's just that. Um <laughs> all right, let's watch the trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Happy
0: birthday, Happy Arnold. birthday, honey. Happy birthday to you. Well, this was your daddy's. Brought back from the war. Here's it's time to pass it on
1: it's the best present i ever got thank you
0: how and why people from two points on a map without even a straight line between them can be connected is at the heart of our story and knock them stiff you ever think about how we ended up orphans living in the same house i know what my daddy did Some people would say it's just dumb luck. you take pictures? I do. I see a smile pretty enough to photograph, that is. Others would tell you it was God's plan. Blessed are they the hunger and thirst for righteousness. That ain't no preacher. He's as bad as they got on a damn radio. When people look back on it, they ain't had no other choice. A lot of no good sons of bitches out there. Excuse me, preacher. You got time for a sinner? You know, I studied something. It's called the delusion a belief that is untrue. It is
1: our delusion that lead us.
0: people were born just so they could be buried
1: what I'm about to do I do
0: because I have to <laughs> not because I want to
1: someone on Letterboxd said this movie is uh if a Christian directed the Joker <laughs> <laughs> Or directed Joker.
0: That's incredible. This trailer <laughs> was too much. What? It's
1: long too. It's a too first of all,
0: it's long. Second of all, every good part of the movie was in the trailer. That's fucked yep. up. I mean, and I guess a trailer, you don't have the context, but too much. I guess you got it all. Literally everything. All right, baby, this is gonna be a doozy. <laughs> yeah.
1: This okay. All right. What? I'm so frustrated with us. Why? We've been duped. We were duped. We fell for the trap of, "Oh, good actors are in this movie, so it must be good." Even though all the red flags here were here for me. Number one, period piece. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like movies set in the past. Everyone's dead already. You I know don't what care. I think
0: about? Yeah. Just specifically on the period piece aspect of this movie. Do you ever notice how? I would say 99 times out of 100 that somebody wants to make a story that centers on like kind of a backwoods farm life people. I think they yeah. think you have to go in the past for that. I think people don't know that those people still exist and still, live in those they're places. They're still alive and they're still the same.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, it's just, that's
1: totally true, by the way. yeah, They were just like, we have to start this story. They started in the late 40s early 50s
0: late 40s yeah
1: is the earliest point yeah
0: they do a 12 year flashback but uh other than that yeah yeah, yeah. late 40s
1: they really pick the most boring time in american history too Mm -hmm. the 50s no one gives a shit about the 50s (laughs) and it like just curbs inside to the 60s a little bit Mm -hmm. but they don't even touch on any of the like like the outside culture didn't really affect the movie a whole lot Mm-mm. So like they they still made time so important. Yeah, this motherfucker jumps around so much.
0: It does jump around a lot, and it is. A little hard to follow at times. Like if you didn't have the oh, kid yeah. and able to like see how old the kid was at different stages, it would be <sighs> really rough. And it still is a little rough. Yeah. But the time periods almost don't matter, even though they say no. them and they talk a lot about three months earlier, 12 years earlier, you know, whatever. They don't really matter yeah. all that much in the end.
1: No, this was one of those movies that is like contrasting something I've brought up in Shin Godzilla go listen to the shin godzilla episode yes i talked about like necessary fat like good Mm -hmm. like having fluff was good for it like it made it interesting yeah whereas in this there's a similar level of like minutiae that is detailed upon and discussed Uh, and it doesn't matter none Mm -hmm. of the dialogue really matters in this fucking movie
0: a little, a little bit does. I will say, it, at yeah. a two hours and eighteen minutes runtime, yeah, there was some stuff <sighs> that could have been cut. There was some stuff that oh, could have yeah. been cut, and I think we'll we'll talk about it as we go on. But uh, yeah, yeah, there definitely was a little that could have been cut. But I think also maybe an issue is that this was a novel. This was based on a novel, and. Um, oh. Yeah. That makes sense. So that's the key to your piece here. That's why yeah. like it's jumping around so much and it feels like you're watching it in chapters kind of is because yeah, it's based on a novel and actually the guy who wrote the novel, Donald Ray Pollock, mm-hmm. narrates the film. He's the narrator. Okay. So I was
1: wondering who that was. All right.
0: I think that's kind of cool. He's he doesn't like he's not an actor. He didn't even narrate his own audiobook and they just got him to do this. Huh. <laughs> Very cool. So I thought that was kind of cool, actually. And I feel like, I mean, we'll get to what we think of the movie overall, but I do think that this probably plays a lot better as a novel.
1: Oh, yeah. It
0: might even be pretty good. I mean, I haven't read the book, but... um, It probably is just like a little more coherent in book form.
1: Yeah, definitely more digest. This is like, you could make this a better movie. I honestly think by like unfucking the time in it, by making it just linear, I think it'd be a, a fine movie. I think it'd be still kind of boring.
0: I just don't know that you could do it much differently and have it still make sense. I kind of like how the different characters... Kind of weave in and out of each other's paths, you know. I think it's kind of neat. I appreciate that, but it is a little complicated.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Is like, I did. A, I appreciate that
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: film device of like interweaving characters. Mm-hmm. You see that a lot, like, uh, like Quentin Tarantino loves that shit. Mm-hmm. It is like exciting and engaging and keeps you on your toes. But I think this was. Too many characters. Yeah. I think and that was my that issue. <laughs> that, my, the issue became like, and this is not a slight against any of the actors who all were great. Everyone's performances, great. I liked the accents. All right. Sue me. Sure.
0: I think it is just, I mean, really, truly like anything that's wrong with this movie mainly boils down to that all those things would play better as a novel and not a movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> a novel. You can have fucking fifty characters and have them develop well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just trying to videoize it. Is there a better word for well, it's, that? It's
1: just it condense just, it.
0: I haven't, like I said, I haven't read the novel, but allegedly this stays like relatively true to the book. And I just think the book is made in book format and not in movie format.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. It's a it's a swing and a
0: miss. Well, I don't know. I still I like the movie, but we'll we'll okay. go through. All right, so this movie mainly circles around Tom Holland's character, Arvin. What a name, Arvin. Dumb as hell. (laughs) Um, But uh, like we said, it kind of weaves in these other stories of other people, and they're kind of, it all boils down to how they relate to Arvin and how they get tangled into his story in some way or another. And so because of all the time jumps, um, we thought usually we go pretty linear when we're doing our discussion. But I think just for like clarity, it's going to be better if we go kind of story by story or by character.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So this movie basically takes place in three different years, 1948, 1957. In 1965, Mm -hmm. we can start with Harry Melling's character, which is not the first thing that happens in the movie, but just order wise, it's going to make the most sense, I think. (laughs) It's the most basic. Yeah. So his timeline is in the 1948 area. So this movie is taking place... Mainly, largely in uh, a small town in West Virginia. And Harry Melling is a preacher at the family's church. Mm-hmm. And I loved Harry Melling in this movie, I have to say. He's great. He was incredible. And I think this is the most normal I've ever seen him look.
1: Yes, I agree. He looked fucking nutso in The Old Guard.
0: He did. That poor soul in The Old Guard because he looked so, he was he kind of cute in this movie. He looked normal. Poor little fella. Yeah. He seemed so nice. So yeah, I was in love with his character. He comes into this church and plays a damn bop, okay? He's singing uh, a little tune with his wheelchair friend. In
1: the blood of the lamb are you trusting in his grace this hour are you washed in the blood of the lamb are you washed in the blood in the soul cleansing blood of the lamb I'm sorry. That you didn't song love the is song? Not a bop.
0: I thought it was fun.
1: Bathed in the blood of the Lord, the Lamb. Whatever that old. I
0: just liked watching him sing a little song. I thought it was cute. So, like we said, this is taking place in a church in West Virginia, and I have yeah. to say, I was getting a lot of TBT to a movie that we've done way in the past, "Them That Follow." Loved it. A great film. If you didn't. Yeah. Watch the film or listen to that episode. Highly suggest.
1: Very fun film. Great
0: film, great up. Yeah. But that movie also takes place in West Virginia in mm-hmm. a crazy church. With In that movie, it's a snake cult. And this guy is, unfortunately, a spider guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. How did you feel about this so, shit?
0: He walks in and he's all... Basically saying like, oh, I used to be scared of spiders till I found the Lord. Now he cured me of my arachnophobia or whatever. And as soon as soon as he said, I used to be scared of spiders, I knew something bad was going to happen. I
1: just knew it. This fucking movie makes Christians look like the stupidest people. (laughs) This is a very anti-Christian movie. Now, just by how people justify and execute their faith.
0: There is an ultimate message, but I want to save that for the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I knew, and I guess I don't know if this has come up on pod before, but in case anybody doesn't know that's listening, I am severely arachnophobic. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, it's a true issue in my life. (laughs) So I knew when he said, I used to be scared of spiders, and guess what? Close my damn eyes. I didn't even know. Yeah. I mean, I know because I read about what happened or like yeah. I watched interviews with him about what happened, but I have no idea what it looked like. Didn't watch mm-hmm. till I heard something else happening. <laughs> but what does happen is that he pours a jar of spiders on his head. And um, those were real actual orb weaver spiders, by the way, not CGI or anything.
1: Are those killer spiders?
0: I'll tell you I am unable because of my phobia to even google sure, sure. to find out. So I are have orb no idea. weavers
1: <laughs> dangerous. Quite. They're one of the most venomous spiders in the UK.
0: No way. Well, that's just
1: from that's in the UK.
0: Well, he's English. They're all English.
1: <laughs> Oi, mate. Was this film I don't
0: know where don't this know. was filmed, but um all the main actors are English. I think there's only like 3 American people in the whole movie. But he did dump a whole jar of them on his head and in my opinion that's gross. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of feel bad for him because every interview with him about this movie too was, the whole interview was, tell me about the spiders. Like, okay, he did other Mm -hmm. stuff. So he ends up marrying a chick from the church and he, at some point, because we're jumping around in time, it's unclear exactly when, he at some point gets bit on the head by a spider doing his little trick and his head swells up so he locks himself in a closet for two weeks because he thinks god is testing him so when he finally comes out he has some kind of you know revelation of what god wants him to do and him and his wife drop their baby off with who will come to be known as the grandma Mm -hmm. and uh they go for a drive to get out of the house you know a little cute date also the wheelchair friend is there too <laughs> mm-hmm. and the uh, fucking stabs her in the neck with a screwdriver yes thinking he can resurrect her but guess what she doesn't resurrect because that's not real <laughs> dog on it and this movie does continues like through the whole thing to be like Oh, normal, 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 extremely fucked up thing. Normal, <laughs> normal, 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 extremely fucked up thing. <laughs>
1: like- yes. You just become so, you're just like bored, bored, incredibly gory, bloody thing. Bored. <laughs> I don't know bored, if I would say bored. bored,
0: but I would say normal.
1: <laughs> okay. Sorry. It's, if it's <laughs> in the bored. goddamn forties. It's just like, ugh, all these people are dead. Why do I care?
0: I'll tell you, the vibe of this movie with the narrator and like the older setting and stuff like that kind of reminded me of like some other movies that I really like, like My Dog Skip or like Radio Flyer. Radio Flyer is not set in olden times, but it is like the 90s and it's shot on 35 millimeter. So it has like this really kind of old grainy feeling. I don't know. It was like kind of comfortable to me. Okay. Hell yeah. But Colin hated it, so... (laughs) You might like it by the time we get to the end. You know, We never that,
1: know. We never do.
0: We never yeah. know. So you can hold on some hope. So yeah. this poor man, like he leaves his wheelchair friend in the car and just goes hitchhiking.
1: Yeah. Dudley, or fucking Harry Melling, is driving out on this date and we we fail to mention he's just got his, this guy in the backseat who's like, yeah, I'll just take a nap.
0: It seems like they're just like always together like he's his caretaker i think
1: all right i guess that kind of makes sense
0: but he just leaves him in the car and like then what's he gonna do that's the end of his story we see him in the car alone (laughs) like hello yeah he like he
1: like (laughs) peeps out as as i guess he probably dies there huh he just stays there until he dies i don't
0: know so harry melling has killed his wife buries her (laughs) in the woods no yeah that's it and then yeah. Harry Melling goes off hitchhiking. And this is when we meet the serial killer couple. They pick up Harry Melling as he's hitchhiking. So this is Riley Keough and Jason Clark are the serial killer couple. And um, yeah. they kind of exist in all timelines in this movie. They're at the beginning and they're at the end. They're dating. They're married. I don't know.
1: Unclear. Unclear.
0: Yeah. The guy um, loves to pick up male hitchhikers they act like mm-hmm. they are a good christian couple more is kind of revealed about them as the movie goes on but basically they're like thing that they do is that the guy will hold the men at gunpoint and force them to bone his girlfriend and murder them and they take a whole bunch of pics the whole time throughout all of it right yeah
1: i don't have a problem with some of that
0: <laughs> well as long as it's no, none of it's consensual.
1: <laughs> no, because as it happens with Roy, I I was laughing. Yeah, he's like, "Go lay next to my wife. I got something up there for you." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, hey, I don't, I don't know what this is all about." And I'm like, "You doofus, you you dumb."
0: He's too good, good Christian boy, and he just murdered his wife. I mean, he needs a break, you know.
1: <laughs> I guess he did just murder his wife,
0: <laughs> and he still got the baby at grandma's. That's like my the last God. line that he says is like. Oh, Lenora. Lenora, that's my daughter. Yeah. And boom, shot. Yeah. Shot dead. This couple loves doing that and they continue to do it throughout the movie. Also, the chick, her brother's a cop and that becomes important later,
1: <laughs> sort of. Start start making the <laughs> chart on this for this episode, folks.
0: <laughs> like I said, it's kind of like convoluted to discuss just the way everything, the timelines are laid out. Totally. So now we're getting to the core family, the meat. With Bill Skarsgård character, Mm -hmm. next I'm going to bring in. um, This is Arvin's father. Willard is his character name. Love. Great name. Bill Skarsgård was great. I loved him in this role. Yeah. He's great in old timey. And I wouldn't have expected that, I think. I liked him existing in old timey.
1: Yeah. he He like, I look at like famous actors today. I'm like, I can't picture them as old timey. Actors, because then you watch yeah. old movies and you're like, "Wow, why does everyone look so fucking different?" But yeah, Bill Skarsgård fit right the fuck in. I was yeah. like, oh yeah, he did. 1940s looking motherfucker right here.
0: He did, and I didn't even realize it was him for a little while because he just he yeah. lived in this story. He was great, outstanding. So he is a World War II veteran. In 1942, when he was in World War II. On Solomon Islands, mm-hmm. he comes across a guy who's been crucified and skinned by the Japanese. Mm-hmm. Um, and he shoots him to death to put him out of his misery. And I didn't want to do too much research on that point. Yeah. Just for my own fucking brain to not be traumatized. But that's a real thing. That people were crucified in World War II.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's ter- It's terror. terrible. I would not be surprised if crucifixion is still util- utilized today. You're right. In certain spaces. It all sucks.
0: Yeah. Yep. War. What is it good for? Am I right?
1: Hey, you ain't freaking <laughs> right. Wrong. That's it. Anyway.
0: He has PTSD from this finding this dead guy on his cross. So he's mm-hmm. having some weirdness with religion for a while. And that continues to pop up as we go on. Also, one of the first lines in the whole movie is the narrator saying, his father fought the devil all the time. So we got a titular line right up top.
1: Right at the gate, yeah. Check, please.
0: That's corny, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: (laughs) Right up top, that's corny. Uh, You gotta at least (laughs) put it in a little farther. That's Um,
1: literally the fucking, like, I'm going to become the Joker meme.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, So... In 1948, he's in Stiff Ohio, on his way to okay. West Virginia, which, love the town name, it is a real town, and the author of the book actually grew up in this town, Knock'em Stiff, Ohio. So pretty cool, but is funny. I want to go to Knock'em Stiff. That sounds fun. I'd
1: love to. What's it
0: like there? Let's go on a road trip.
1: Seems real tiny.
0: Yeah. He meets a waitress at this cafe. Actually, two love connections happen there because this is also where the serial killer couple meet. This is like one of the earlier scenes in the movie that there's two men in this cafe that both fall in love with their waitress like at the same time and um <laughs> this seems like a bad message to me
1: <laughs> oh yeah it is <laughs>
0: That their waitresses come over and they're just like, oh, hey, baby. Like, we're in love now. Don't be sending out those kind of messages. Don't be bothering your servers like that, especially not the women. Yeah, they're just fucking working.
1: (laughs) This movie did paint people in the 1940s as meaner, mainly men. They're all just meaner.
0: It was a whole ass, like, created idea of what this time period was because, like, the men are meaner, but also there ain't a single minority to be found in this movie no not a single one no not even a latino or like nothing (laughs) you know a queer person nothing nothing the the closest to a minority you get is a white woman
1: Uh, we might have like some freaking Italians or whatever.
0: I don't even think there it was Italians. Nobody. We don't seen even have Italians. Italians in here. <laughs> like it is that white. <laughs> you don't even. You literally
1: don't even see Japanese soldiers when he's in his flashbacks yeah. to World War Two. Nope,
0: sure don't. That is one criticism that can certainly be made about this movie.
1: Yeah, it's white as fuck. It's
0: white as fuck. This, mm-hmm. yeah, and straight as fuck. This dad here, Bill Skarsgård's character, Willard. Uh, Mm -hmm. marries the waitress they have a baby and the baby baby Arvin is actually played by the son of the director. Oh,
1: congratulations, Antonio.
0: Yeah. Then we fast forward to 1957. The kid is nine years old, Arvin, and dad has reconnected with his faith, sort of, but he's doing it in a very PTSD way, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because he constructs a huge cross similar to the one that he found the man hanging on equipped with a prayer log. So that they can go out to the log and pray. Yes. Cute. <laughs> no- cute,
1: yes, yes. Normal father son <laughs> stuff.
0: Yeah. They are praying one day when some hunters walk by and make comments about visiting his wife while he's away. Yes. Right.
1: People were meaner back then.
0: Yeah, everyone is mean and nasty. And he bides his time and then loads the kid up into the truck and goes off to whoop their damn asses.
1: This is cool, and it gave me (laughs) ideas for what I want to do-
0: With your kid? (laughs) With
1: my kid when I become a father. Uh, I cannot wait to just start shit so that I can be like, all right, son, it's time for daddy to go whoop some ass. Oh,
0: my God. So he truly whoops these guys' asses. Oh, he yeah. Maybe even murders them, unclear. (laughs) I,
1: I did- (laughs) <laughs> with with all my freaking complaining about the movie, I did like almost all the action. There's not a mm-hmm. lot of it, but the way that he filmed the physical fight scenes, and it's all just like punching someone on the ground kind of mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. But it's done really fucking brutally. It's fucking nasty yeah. and like bloody really quick. Mhm. It's wild.
0: Yeah, it's gross. And um the narrator says that the kid would remember this day of watching his dad whoop everybody's ass to be the best day he ever spent with his father, which I thought was strange, TBH. There are two times Ow. in this movie where I feel like the characters expressed feeling the opposite way that you would expect, and I think this is one. <laughs> Of those times.
1: Well, what else? to What else? What other times is he going to cherish? Prayer long. You don't time? think it
0: would be like extremely traumatizing to watch your dad like inflict very brutal violence on people, on multiple sure, people? Sure, sure, <laughs> and sure. And then sure, just sure. drive away like he's normal.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I think that would
1: be so. But rough. again, it was the forties. I guess. No, I. I it, it's crazy. Of course, he's traumatized. Like, yeah.
0: But he says it's the best day he ever had with his dad. So I don't
1: know. Well, he had a bunch of shitty days with his dad then.
0: He did. Soon after this, the mom gets cancer. And um, man, the dad just truly loses his damn mind.
1: Goes fucking nutso, yeah.
0: He's convinced that praying will save her. And the fucking pray scenes when he's like smacking the kid on the head. Like, pray harder. Pray like you mean it. Say it out loud. Yeah.
1: Literally... Oof. I mean, what he's doing there is he's, because of his mental state with, like, PTSD and all the bullshit, Mm -hmm. all his trauma, he, for whatever reason, is placing, well, not for whatever reason, there are reasons, but he's placing his wife's literal life in his and his son's hands so that, like, if she dies, it's on them. The way, the the logic he's instilling into his son is like, mom dies, it's because we didn't pray hard. Yeah. And like, basically every character in this movie is, you see some of their traumas and they're all just like wildly fucked up. But like, Arvin, uh, who eventually is going to become Tom Holland, is like... I dare to say, like, it's a comical level of trauma that he's has yeah. he's exposed to. It's just literally everything is trauma. And
0: a huge chunk of it happens, like, right in one day. Yes. We have all that. The praying is crazy. Um, And then Willard gets drunk and has this idea that he needs to make a sacrifice to prove his faith so that yeah. God will listen to their prayers. Also, for a man whose wife is dying... He sure is spending all of his time not Uh, with his wife. (laughs) I I thought that too. I was like, hey, buddy,
1: I feel like cancer probably fucking sucks. Go be with your wife.
0: Yeah, and like... She, you know, might not continue living much longer. Don't you want to, like, make the most of your last days with your wife and, like, talk to her and be with her while you can? But no, he's at the bar. He's out at the prayer log. He's out murdering the family dog.
1: Oh, yeah. He's just an unwell fucking man.
0: Yeah. He uh, absolutely loses it once she gets cancer. So yeah, and he kills the dog, yeah. and that was sad. I mean, that's
1: really fucked up. He's carrying yeah. like the fucking dog's corpse, and his like his son is like crying, like it's my dog, bring my dog back.
0: Yeah, like my mom's already dying. Yeah. Now you've taken my dog, my only friend, basically.
1: Yeah. Woo, <laughs> Yeah. It, like this dog is probably one of the like few things that Arvin loves. Yeah. Few, like, living
0: creatures. And, like, they live in the middle of nowhere, basically. You know, he's not going to have, like, a lot of other friends and stuff out there. It doesn't even seem like he goes to school, but who knows? Yeah. He's got this dog. That's his, like, support buddy.
1: Dad sacrifices it to
0: God. And the wife dies anyway. And it's so, the way they present it in the movie is so unceremonious. Like, (laughs) just, like, one day they stand over the grave and, like, two shovels full of dirt go in. And then it's like. Oh, I guess that was the mom dying. <laughs> yep. Bing, ding. <laughs> the kid, he said, after dad goes to bed, I'm going to go grab the dog and bury him like we buried mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when he gets to the prayer log, he finds dad is also dead by suicide, I guess. He's like a little bloody and has a knife in his hand and the rest was yeah. unclear. <laughs>
1: they, they, they call it suicide. <laughs>
0: yeah. So he's orphaned, like mom and dad have died in the same day. And um, yeah. the kid was so mad at his dad for the dog. So he has to uh, grab the cop. And so when we meet Bucky, what's his yeah. real name? Lee. <laughs> yeah, Sebastian Stan. He is a dork-ass goober. <laughs> That's what I wrote in yeah. my notes. <laughs>
1: yeah, he, he's dumb as a box of rocks.
0: Yeah, so he's dumb as a box of rocks. And he's just, yeah, a dork-ass goober. Kind of shows up not taking anything seriously. And the kid has to take him to... Where his dad's dead body is. And when we get there, that's when we get the reveal of the dad has crucified the dog in the same way that the man was crucified. So he's like reenacted his trauma. Yeah. That was a lot.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's like a literal manifestation of concept of generational trauma. Mm -hmm. Like the dad is passing on the thing that traumatized him to his son is like, here you go. It's yours now.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's something that's like a topic they really explore in this Mm -hmm. story is generational trauma. And that's something that he's dealing with for the rest of the movie and maybe forever.
1: Yeah, probably forever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a cool concept to try and even tackle because it's not really address that often no, in cinema, I would say. I agree. So I think that's kinda cool. As far as the cop goes, in my opinion, largely unnecessary storyline. Most of his shit could be cut. Yeah. Weird side plot. I don't care about any of the other shit that he did. I didn't need it in the story at all. It didn't add anything.
1: No. I liked seeing him die and that's it.
0: He is a bastard. As they all are.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he sucks.
0: But, like, he has so many, like, side stories going on. Killing gangsters. Um, He's talking about how he's up for election constantly. He's getting a BJ in the, or a HJ in the HJ. parking lot or whatever. But, yeah. like, none of that added a single no. thing to the story, in my opinion. His whole shit Not could have bit. been cut.
1: I wholly agree. Yeah, he... Boring. I didn't give a shit.
0: It's fine that he showed up when a cop was necessary, when... The dead body needed to be found, or when the killer needed to be found later. It's fine that a cop existed there. I did not need his story. So, boom, that's the cop. Check. Next up, Arvin and Lenora's story post Scarsgard. The end of 1957 is now the parents are dead. Um, Arvin goes to stay with Grandma and Lenora. So, flash forward to 1965. Yes. My notes. Now he's finally the Spider Man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we find when they finally finally because this is like 40 minutes, 45 minutes. I in think it's like
0: 45 see. minutes in, and like, yeah, basically, I would say 90% of why we watch this movie, if not 100, is because of Tom Holland and Robert Pattinson, right?
1: Uh, 100% Pattinson for me, yeah, 5% Holland, maybe.
0: Okay, you know what? That's fair, and. That's actually probably true for me too. Yeah, <laughs> but um, we don't get Tom Holland until forty five minutes in. We don't get Pattinson until an hour in.
1: They, Ooh. I mean, I think it's just like because of the social media reaction is the only reason I knew of this movie because of people posting videos of um, Pattinson's accent. Oh, really? Yeah, that's that was like the only.
0: I just knew he was in a movie. That's because uh, I'm a Stan.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I just True saw No, <laughs> I just saw there were clips on Twitter of his, like, like some of his sermons. People yeah. being like, this a, is an insane what a, accent?" We can't for get him.
0: to Robert Pattinson yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah.
0: Um, speaking of accents, Tom Holland's accent in this movie Great. incredible. This kid is a Great. fucking genius of accents. Okay, because he is so incredibly British, but his accent mm-hmm. in Spider-Man movies, when Perfect. he has like Manhattan accent or whatever he has. Yeah, incredible, yeah. absolutely spot on, perfect. His accent in this movie where he's like southern, whatever, old-timey southern, Great. absolutely perfect. Like it seems like the voice that would come out of him. Do you know what I mean? Like Totally. He doesn't it doesn't seem natural. Yeah. It never for him seems like somebody doing an accent. It seems like that is the way that dude talks. And yeah. that's crazy. How is he so good at this?
1: Yeah, there are a few people who uh have as good of accents as uh tom holland yeah I have, i'd never really even, even thought about that yeah he's outstanding
0: he's so good and he's so young what a young genius <laughs> yeah
1: 24 <laughs> fuck you yeah 24
0: and he looks like a baby
1: he, he is a baby
0: he is a baby um some of the boys at school are bullying lenora obviously that's gonna have to be handled so eventually he picks his time and and he goes and whoops all the boys that have been picking on his sis, exactly like how his dad did that time. I loved uh, it in the car. Yeah,
1: this scene actually fucking ruled ass. Uh, <laughs> he puts a fucking paper bag over a kid's head and just like yeah,
0: over beats two, him a bunch two of, of them.
1: Oh yeah, over two of them. The the first one, they puts a the bag on uh, as he's punching. You like see blood coming through mm-hmm. the bag, and it's just so fucking brutal. It yeah. ruled.
0: I mean, he really whooped ass.
1: Yeah, he totally did.
0: But that's also like you're kind of seeing like those traits that he's gotten from his dad, the trauma that Absolutely. he's gotten from his dad. Like he's kind of just reliving those things again. And mm-hmm. he also it's mentioned that like he has like a weird thing about praying just like his dad did.
1: He's very close to Lenora, who's very prayerful.
0: Very, very yeah. Christian.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Extremely Prays Christian. all the time.
0: Yeah, and they don't know that her dad is dead, but they do know no. that he killed her mom because mm-hmm. her mom's body was found. At one point, they do have a discussion about like how she forgave her dad for what he did to her mom, and she wants him to forgive his dad, too, for yeah. what he did, but he ain't, he ain't having that yet. <laughs>
1: No, no. (laughs) Lenora is just, like, pure good. She is. Just a very, like, pure... And and I know that's part of, like, her character is just, like, in a larger story arc sense. She is uh, a a purity that is placed here in the story specifically to be ruined. Which is coming up. (laughs) Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. So, at this point... We'll jump over to Robert Pattinson.
1: He's fucking nuts in this.
0: Oh, my God. Um, so he exists <laughs> in the 1965 nuts. timeline. He is a preacher from Tennessee who's come to their church now. Uh, his yeah. name, incredible. Preston Garden. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> Love the name. And we, ha- yeah. we just have to discuss his character.
1: <laughs> just wild.
0: Now's the time. The fucking voice... Oh my god!
1: I'm not gonna try to replicate it. Obviously, just uh,
0: do it. I'm f- f-
1: no, I can't. I, I can't even get close. I do. It. Well, I guess <laughs> no. <laughs> He's like, it, he reminded me of like Lindsey Graham, just like this
0: high frasier.
1: No, Lindsey <laughs> Lindsey Graham's a <laughs> South Carolina senator. Oh, <laughs> not Fraser. That's uh.
0: Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is, are no, you talking but, about Lady G? Is that who they call Lady G?
1: That is Lady G. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. That's the only reason I know that is because every time somebody says Lady G, I think they're talking about Lady Gaga, and then they talk about how much he sucks ass, and I'm like, they're not talking about Lady Gaga. Now I'm depressed. No,
1: no, no, no. They're talking about Lindsey Graham.
0: <laughs> this is the man with lady little ladybugs? <laughs> I don't know about Wait, did his you fucking see that. L- there did was like a it. fake fanfic story going around that got passed around as true that um he had a bunch of little moles around his asshole and uh, he slept with a hooker or whatever, <laughs> sex worker. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, yeah, the yeah, sex worker was like, what's going on here? Or like thought it was shit or something. And yeah. he was like, oh, those are just my little ladybugs. But it turns out that it was fanfic and it was fake news, but it got passed around a Damn. lot.
1: Damn. I wish. <laughs> that's awesome. That rules. Anyway, that's that's the kind of like
0: that's the only kind of news I take in. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to three different podcasts to talk about that issue.
1: <laughs> you gotta hear about the ladybugs. <laughs>
0: Anyway. <laughs> Robert Pattinson did not work with a dialect coach to figure out this accent.
1: Nope. Of course he didn't. He
0: crafted it on his own.
1: <laughs> My man works alone.
0: And he hid his accent from everyone until day one of filming. Whereas everyone else who was involved with this, like were sending in tapes of their accent to so, like yeah. the director and stuff so they could get like a feel for everything. RP kept it on lock. All right. He was not telling anyone.
1: Cannot wait until we watch <laughs> Robert Pattinson's Batman movie and oh get to God. discuss his insane uh, acting I want to do all of his movies. I just want to know more about his what he's like on set. Because it sounds he like he seems like, rules.
0: Yes. I think that he has reached a level where he knows that the stand is going to be there for him no matter yep. what he does. So he has got no fucks left. He's taking all the risks and just kind of seeing what happens. Like he's showing up wild (laughs) man on the loose, unhinged maniac, Uh, just diving in, throwing himself quite literally because he does throw himself over a pew in this movie. yeah, Um, Yeah. Throwing himself into his roles and just having fun. And he really seems like he's having so much fun with this character, TBH.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. It's a wild ass character to portray.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: it's so like, there's so many points to hit on that are so big (laughs) and like easy to bite onto. And like, he's chewing the scenery. Mm -hmm. Totally. With his like fucking uh, hokey ass sermons Mm -hmm. that are just like. Meandering bullshit, yeah, that doesn't really mean anything mm-hmm. and it rules yeah. i loved I loved his sermons.
0: he said that he took inspiration for his character from watching videos of televangelists and pop stars from the time period, and I felt that sometimes he went a little elvis for sure,
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, without a <laughs> doubt he's try he's trying to like force this swagger. Yeah. (laughs) It's such a thin ploy. Like, it's so easy to see.
0: He's such a damn maniac in this movie.
1: He's great. (laughs) And his voice is
0: so funny. And you know what? For being like an accent that he developed by himself, I think this is probably one of his better accents.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah.
0: I'm thinking of like the lighthouse where he did a very bad accent. (laughs) Yeah. Or I don't know what other accents. This one was good, though.
1: (laughs) I loved his lighthouse accent. It was just so burp, 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 burp. anyway, but it
0: was inconsistent and yeah. bad. It didn't seem natural. It was the opposite yeah. of Tom Holland disease. So he is this wild new preacher at their church. Yeah. since the other man is dead. <laughs> One of the first scenes that we get is him roasting Grandma for bringing in chicken livers to their like potluck or whatever, and yeah. being poor, uh, like publicly roasting her.
1: Oh, totally.
0: And she's just humiliated. Poor grandma. So he's like, I'm just gonna eat the organ meats so which is the livers, so that mm. other people can have the opportunity to eat the good meats because other people are poor and can't afford them on their own, clearly.
1: Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's that's such like, a roast. There's not even a real like message when you think about it for more than like ten seconds, other than just like Look at this dumbass chicken liver dish this dumb lady brought
0: because she clearly didn't spend as much money as people who bought like full steaks or like yeah, whatever yeah. chicken bodies to the potluck then mm. um at this point we have to put in the trigger warning yes. for uh the aforementioned scene so check the notes for when to skip ahead if you want to skip this. it's not that brutal but um so, at one point, Robert Pattinson takes Lenora on a drive. Mm-hmm. Just come look at this, like pretty place that I like to go to to think. And um, is a pervert. I mean, yeah. who's who's surprised? A preacher, a pervert? Yeah.
1: No. I mean, yeah. preachers. It's almost comical now. Like preachers have always used their position to sexually assault and like manipulate. Yeah. Their so-called flock or whatever.
0: And she's just, she's barely in high school. She's, like, a ninth grader. And um, he really guises it as a holy thing. And we've already said, like, how Christian she is. Um, So she's just like, oh, this is a holy thing for me to get naked with you? Uh, I guess, like, if you say it's from God, then I'll do it. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. It's sad. Yeah.
1: I mean, like like I said, like, Lenora is purposefully very pure and and just good kind there's nothing distasteful about her
0: which makes it even sadder when she's broken
1: yes from what is ostensibly a source of life for her like Mm -hmm. her faith is what she builds her life upon it's fucked up like uh, uh, the more you think about it the angrier you get kind of shit
0: yeah and this was the second scene where i felt like The character had a reverse reaction to what they should have had. Um, because then it's like, oh, she was in love with him just like her mom was in love with the preacher before, after he just raped her. Like, yeah, that was not the right thing.
1: (laughs) Is that because this was
0: written by men again?
1: (laughs) Yeah, we again, we don't have a great track record.
0: No, so, um, (laughs) That's the end of that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> basically, she comes up pregnant after this. Yeah. Uh, it seems like they continue their relationship for a while. It's unspecified amount of time, but mm-hmm. that it was maybe more than a one-time deal. We get that great line uh, from Robert Pattinson.
1: So think about it. how could I be a daddy? When all we done is spend time with the Lord.
0: Think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Incredible. Incredible deflection, too.
1: Yeah. I mean, this doesn't even really need to be pointed out, but just like this this movie also depicts patriarchy again uh, in such like in I, what I would say like an honest light which is like uh, men have always slunk out of responsibility mm-hmm. and gaslit their partners and to to the point that like fucking Lenora says to him like you don't remember everything that happened but what about everything we did in the car like
0: and he's literally like I don't know what you're talking about what, 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 what's
1: what sex that we had <laughs> And he gets away with it. Yeah. Like there's nothing she can do because of how much fucking power he holds because of the color of his skin and because he's got a dumb dick.
0: And he's a preacher and... Yeah.
1: He's he's hiding behind the fucking facade of Christianity.
0: Classic. Tale as old as time. Yeah. And he tells her she's going to have to figure out how to get rid of the baby or... Yeah, get rid of it. Or she's going to be a whore mother with a bastard child and her grandma will die from shame. Says it
1: to her face.
0: So, that is intense. So, I remembered to do the one trigger warning up top, but forgot to do the second one, which would be suicide. Uh, So, trigger Uh, warning, suicide. (laughs) Yep. So, she goes to hang herself because it's the 1950s. She's pregnant with this preacher's baby and... uh, What's she going to do about it? Yeah, what the fuck? This sucked because at the last second, the narrator makes sure to say that she suddenly knew she'd be okay. Her baby would be fine. She would be fine. Grandma would take care of everybody, blah, blah, blah. And then she accidentally kills herself once she decides she's not going to kill herself. Yeah. uh, I thought that was rude.
1: I rolled my eyes really hard (laughs) at that shit. I was just like, shut the fuck up. Like, I don't know. Have a character commit to this. Don't fucking like... Ooh, fucking yeah. stupid
0: it was just like unnecessary pain i think to add to the story i tell you
1: i fucking hated this narration really <laughs> yeah
0: just like just what narrating? he was what go ahead
1: he just said everything yeah It's it was all show no tell or
0: I'll all tell. tell
1: no no show yeah i mean there was show as well but you don't need to Tell me along.
0: I kind of like the narrator. All right. I don't know. I think, like I said, it gave me the feeling of some of those movies I really liked growing up. But um, totally, you, you don't yeah. see narrators too often anymore. I feel like, do we?
1: Uh, in some movies, you'll just have like a a character will narrate a scene with their inner monologue. A,
0: a specifically a, a narrator who is not part of the story.
1: Yeah. No, not often. Very rare.
0: I think that's kind of cool. After her death, this is where everybody's stories start to come together. Yeah. A random cop, not the cop, tells Arvin that Lenore was pregnant when she died. Arvin always had a weird feeling about Robert Pattinson's character. So he watches him for two weeks and watches him F another young girl and be a pervert to his wife. And then he knows- that uh, this man is the one who knocked up my sister and made her kill herself. And mm-hmm. I don't exactly understand how he followed Robert Pattinson without being noticed because, like, the camera angle looks like he's just. Following him in a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to their, like, hideout point, too.
1: At this point, I, I asked myself, how does he have all the money to do all this?
0: Wait, why does he need money?
1: You gotta pay for gas.
0: I guess. Where is he
1: eating? Where is he? What is he doing for these two weeks? Is he still going to school?
0: Hmm, don't know. It
1: doesn't matter. You know, it's a spending disbelief. Mm-hmm. But I, I, at this point, I was like, all right, this, this is a fucking kid we're talking about.
0: So he writes a goodbye note to his grandma. Because he knows that he's going to go commit a murder. And he's going to have to skip town after that. So he shows up to the church. And I do think it's kind of funny that Robert Pattinson is just always in the church. Like, does he live there? Like, what's his deal?
1: <laughs> they should. I think if you're a preacher, priest, pastor, I think you should have to live in the church. Yeah. I think that's only fair.
0: You should have to sleep on the pews. And yeah. live in the church. You're-
1: you A normal
0: person home? No, you
1: don't get one. You, you live in the church, whichever That's one it trade-off.
0: is. That's the trade He's always just there alone, like, chilling in a pew. Yes. <laughs> I just think it's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, so Robert Pattinson didn't show up until an hour into the movie, and at an hour 41, he is murdered.
1: <laughs> so yeah.
0: The man's barely in here. I thought that was I... kind of rude
1: yeah the character didn't need to be in the movie anymore
0: i just wanted more rp but
1: yes i understand i agree it's like there's yeah i wanted to see more of it
0: yeah we're gonna have to do more rp movies so arvin's gotta skip town and guess how he does it baby he goes hitchhiking yeah so who would pick him up but the murderous couple and so they pick him up and they both have guns he's feeling weird about it yada 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 he shoots both of them (laughs) very cool no it rocked i think i agree after the girl is dead i just wrote down what the narrator said like she'd always been sort of fucked up (laughs) that is rude this woman is dead
1: But she was a fucking serial killer.
0: She was a serial killer. And she posed, like, with their dead bodies and all these pics. That's weird. That character
1: (laughs) pissed me off, actually.
0: Her character? Totally.
1: Why? Because uh, not necessarily her character, how the character was handled. Her character was interesting because, you know, the whole time she's not on board with the murders as much anymore. Uh The thrill is gone, you know? Pose a nude next to mutilated corpses not doing it. Yeah. Does that lead to why she doesn't have bullets in her gun?
0: She doesn't have bullets in her gun because the husband unloaded her gun before they left because he just didn't trust her. He thought she was being fishy.
1: Okay. Yeah. And they they explain that away by like saying like, oh, he's also like super fucking paranoid. Yeah. Um, Because he's a serial killer. Okay. Why? Why give her just this? tiny iota of character development that goes nowhere
0: yeah i mean it's similar to the cop like why is he even in there
1: <laughs> exactly like she just doesn't i yeah and like she's it's interesting she's a fucking like uh, that's something i feel I is an is an interesting dynamic to me yeah uh a serial killer pair and one of them is wanting to defect mm-hmm. sure i'm into that
0: yeah, and that's like just another thing that probably just plays better in the book.
1: Yeah, it just came off as like clunky.
0: A drop of an afterthought. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Arvin makes it back to his original hometown of Knock 'em Stiff. Very cool. Finds the prayer log that's still yeah. standing after all these years, finds his old dog's bones, and uh, has a little moment where he forgives his dad and understands why his dad did what he did. And that he just like really needed to be with his mom, no matter what. So he has he comes to a little moment of peace. So at this point, just to make it clear, he has killed three people.
1: <laughs> My man is on what we call a murder spree.
0: Not by any like he's not a maniac. He killed Robert Pattinson because yep. he had to to um, yep. stop him from being a predator yes. and and to get justice for his sister. And he killed the serial killer couple because they were going to kill him. So, yes, he's normal.
1: Yes, I support all three kills, but <laughs> he's still on a murder spree.
0: But he's trying to be normal and get out and, you know, it is, live.
1: Yeah, he doesn't want to be on the murder spree.
0: No. The cop.
1: The cop, yes.
0: Gets a call from West Virginia saying, Oh my God. Hey, this kid used to live there and we think he murdered someone here and he might be coming back. And the cop instantly knows who it is because he was the one who showed up at the night his parents died. So... He shows up with a shotgun. He's, and fucking... he's also
1: seeking, the cop is seeking vengeance. Yeah. Because Sandy.
0: Was his sister. Yes. Mm-hmm. And <sighs> this kid has killed his sister. Yes. Yeah. It's just like a cycle of revenge at this point.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, And he shows up with a shotgun. He's lost his damn mind. I think he's drunk. And essentially, Arvin ends up shooting the cop also. Kid
1: doesn't want to kill him, but.
0: No. But the cop's not having it. Absolutely. And he had previously destroyed all the evidence of his sister, all the pics of her with the dead bodies, mm-hmm. um, except one. And mm. guess who has the pic? It's Arvin. So the <coughs> last thing that the cop sees before he dies is this fucked up pic of his sister posing with a dead corpse when he thought that he had just cleared her name, basically. And uh, now this kid's got proof again yeah <laughs> then he goes hitchhiking again a gd maniac who would ever <laughs> yeah.
1: he's like I thank god i still have a hundred bullets
0: <laughs> no he uh, buried his gun
1: oh yeah yeah, yeah never mind
0: <laughs> he buries his gun with the dog's bones so he has no gun now yeah and it's the same day that two other uh hitchhiker picker upper people have tried to murder him now he's hitchhiking again i don't know The 50s were wild. 60s, whatever, were wild. So he gets in this van and he does the biggest yawn I've ever seen. I literally thought he was having a stroke. (laughs) 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 He looked insane. It was such a long yawn.
1: (laughs) I noticed it as well. Remind
0: you of any uh, other movie we've done on the podcast, the ending of this movie, (laughs) where he gets in this car and he does this big yawn and he finally falls asleep. After all the trauma he's experienced. Um, and I would say that is exactly the ending of Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, which we've previously covered on the pod. Oh, yeah. So
1: I was wondering where you're going with that. I could not think of a <laughs> similar
0: ending. It's literally exactly the same because he's not to where he's going. He's got a whole mess to deal with whenever he gets somewhere else. But, it's just the but end in this, of this moment, he's got a little bit of peace. Um, yeah. He's forgiven his dad. But it is still kind of making commentary on generational trauma and Mm -hmm. like the parts of our parents that stick with us. Because, well, first of all, the gun he used to commit all these murders was his dad's gun.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So that's kind of interesting. And then at the very end, when he is in the van, what's playing on the radio is a speech about the Vietnam War. Which is mm-hmm. historically like the only war that we basically lost, right? So is it saying mm-hmm. like he's losing the war on dealing with the darkness from his dad the self? Yeah, yeah.
1: I guess.
0: there's also, you know kind of a statement about power dynamics throughout this whole movie because each of the terrible people in this movie hold power in a different way. Right? So, like, there's two yeah. preachers who are terrible. There's a parent who's terrible to the kid. Yes. The cop is terrible. <laughs> and the drivers of the car who are, you know, they're at the wheel, so they hold that yeah, sort of yeah. power. Are they, They're the only terrible people in the whole movie, are the people in power.
1: I like. I, I love a movie that posits that. That always rips to hear, because it's, uh, it's true.
0: Yeah, it is true. I think it's just an interesting thing to look at. Definitely. So I found this movie interesting to watch. I thought there was some suspenseful moments. Mm-hmm. I thought every actor absolutely killed it.
1: Outstanding.
0: The characters were all very cool.
1: Uh yeah, I mean it's Besides it is the a cop. <laughs> Well, obviously, cops are never But it's like cool. the actor. <laughs> Winter Soldier is very cool. Yeah. Fucking No, this movie has a ton of meat to chew on. There's plenty of hits in it, and, like, it, it, it is technically well done, you know, like, all the cinematography is, is well done, all the, it, it's all very well done, down to the actors, Mm-hmm. but it's just that fucking, once you told me it was a book, I was like, yeah, that's a better book.
0: Yeah, that's what it comes down to, I think it's a better book.
1: I've got a baby brain, I cannot process all of these characters at this fast of a pace.
0: I think it was a fine... Movie, mm-hmm. but it's probably a really good book.
1: Oh yeah, I'm. Fucking... I think there's some really
0: good storytelling.
1: Yeah, I fucking story. just yeah. just skimmed through the Wikipedia for the book, and I'm like, this sounds tight. Yeah. I would love to read this. Um, y- they tried to you know make a movie, and that it's too quick.
0: They adapted something into a movie that maybe shouldn't have been adapted.
1: <laughs> Correct.
0: <laughs> or should have Correct. been adapted very specifically.
1: Fucking series would be great
0: Miniseries would be cool otherwise they just have to like cut out a lot of things
1: <laughs> just too much yeah yeah
0: <laughs> and make it more linear because it, yeah. yeah it's a lot it's hard to like follow each character's whole story their whole development like everywhere they're going up until they clash with Arvin and have it make sense but I think in a book, It would make sense. Yeah. It's just hard to do in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. So what are we rating this out of five?
1: At the end of the day, I did not really enjoy watching this. (laughs) (laughs) I I just didn't. uh, Because of, I think, the lack of emotional attachment I had to the characters, I didn't really care about any of them. Mm. Um, And so uh, when their trauma struck, I I just didn't, uh, I didn't feel the empathy as much. Because they, they just felt detached from the story. G- gets a one and a half for me.
0: Oh, boy. Yeah. Way down there. I felt like... I've already said I loved the cast. Everybody in this episode. Yes. So good. I did really love the subject of, like, dealing with things that are passed down to you from your parents. Um, yeah. But that is also... I have bad parents. It's This is relatable to me. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have bad, terrible parents and <laughs> constantly worry about what I've taken from them. Um, and so it struck that chord for me. And sure. And as somebody who has normal parents, um, i.e. you or any of our listeners <laughs> who might have normal parents, just yeah. might not feel that part of it as much, I guess.
1: I mean, I... I... Was able to, re- to relate to that. I mean, we all uh-huh. have parental traumas. Yeah. To vary. So this degrees. man yeah. has
0: real bad ones.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My parents <laughs> and just I have never. I real bad
0: ones. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. My parents just never killed my dog.
0: Yeah. So I think I'm going to go three on this one. Hell yeah. Yeah. Three stars. I still, yeah. I, it was a little long, but I'll tell you, even for having like a two, whatever it is, two hours, 20 minutes runtime. Mm hmm. I didn't feel like it felt that long. It didn't feel like watching Gone Girl, who has a similar runtime, no. that felt like I was watching Ugh. it for nine damn hours.
1: It just kept going.
0: <laughs> I just really kept moving along, and it looked cool, and I really liked mm. the vibe. So yeah, I'm going three. Yeah, Hell I'm going yeah. three, and I'm going to say I'm interested in the book.
1: Would you recommend someone watch it?
0: I'd say yeah. Okay. What do you think?
1: Uh, It's always situational for me uh, you know specific to the person but like generally speaking no watch something else
0: okay yeah yeah so we're split on this one <laughs> yeah this is uh
1: this does not happen much i feel no, weird
0: the most divisive movie we've ever watched
1: <laughs> yeah i feel really i'm, I'm a little uncomfortable with we're this.
0: unsettled yeah we normally come out <laughs> around the same area with the same yeah. ideas in mind but i like this movie and you didn't
1: is what it is and that's
0: different for us yeah well that's interesting
1: 50 episodes it took us
0: yeah <laughs> can you believe <laughs> wow now it's time for screen vomit Kali, what the freak you been watching?
1: Yo, I had a movie extravaganza night you last watch? night. Um, I decided to take a leap into my watch list and watch something just like... I picked something that I figured... Uh, Lindsay had to work last night, and I just picked something that I knew she would never watch with me. I could never get her to. Okay. And so I picked M. Just the letter M. It's a German murder mystery film from 1931. It's an incredibly influential film, but it rocks. I expected to be like, all right, here we go. You know, black and white, 1931 German movie. I'm, you know, I'm only watching it because I it's supposed to be so freaking good. And uh, it was great. I really enjoyed it. Cool. And it has opened me more to the idea of watching older movies. Okay. uh, Which I have pretty actively avoided doing. Uh, I'm willing to admit that I'm just like, you know, fuck it. I don't watch movies from before, like, the 1960s. Mm -hmm. Almost always. So to step outside of that and have it pay off in such a fun way ruled. It fucking... Yeah, definitely go watch M. It's not that long, Mm -hmm. but it's very it's it's great. Uh, And then I followed it up with uh, just another cinematic masterpiece in Bloodsport, starring Jean Claude Van Damme from 1988.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I forgot how bad this movie is. (laughs) It's so fucking bad, but it's like it's done so. It just everything feeds into it. It's so. It, earnest and it's so good. You just have a ball watching
0: it. I've I never love fully Bloodsport. seen it. I've seen bits and pieces.
1: You don't need to watch all of it. You, <laughs> you you really don't. But yeah, that's pretty much it. I def just I recommend both of those highly. M and Bloodsport. Hell yeah. What have you been up to?
0: Gotta say I haven't really watched too much. I'm still watching Insecure. Um, I'm yeah. now, I think, halfway through season three, so um, in a couple days, I've watched two seasons of the show, and still, great show. Um, yeah. Lots of fucking. Um, lots of it. So, there's but that. But
1: you, lo- you famously love fucking. You can't get <laughs> enough of it. <laughs> Insatiable.
0: Um, I do think that I like the show. It's a good show. Yeah. Love Issa. I already said that's oh, yeah. really all I've been watching. I mean, I haven't really been watching anything else. You just,
1: it's, it's an easy show to definitely just, like, have on.
0: Yeah. I've watched a little yeah. bit of... Uh, something i found that kind of weirdly brings comfort is watching old episodes of Saturday Night Live, too. Like, years How? ago episodes.
1: <laughs> I get that.
0: Uh, it just seems... It makes it seem like the world is normal. <laughs>
1: just like uh like a 2014 episode or something. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Can't watch the 2021s. I mean, I did watch some of the 2021s. I watched the one with Adele. That was recent. But the whole show is just like we're all in masks, it's quarantine, it's Trump and Biden it's too much. I don't want to know all that. I have
1: I have not watched any <laughs> SNL and I I've been doing quite well, I gotta tell you.
0: I listen to Bo and Yang's podcast, uh, Uh Las Culturistas. Do recommend. Love the pod. It's one that I always listen to. And they mention some of his skits on there sometimes, sketches Mm -hmm. on there sometimes. So I get curious. And so they were talking about it on pod and I was like, okay, I gotta watch, I guess. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, that's it. I'm not exciting this week. (laughs) I'll watch some more stuff before next time.
1: Okay, yeah. Come on. What are you doing? Not watching things for the I know. After Dark segment?
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm historically a watcher. I've been very busy. <laughs> Well, we should say a special segment for this is our 50th episode. Ding, ding. So I did do an AMA on our Instagram. Unfortunately, I didn't think to do that until about an hour before recording. So we have one question from a fan. All right. Should we answer the question on pod?
1: Yeah, we can cut it if it's bad.
0: The question was, what's your favorite episode ever recorded? Uh... I would say, here's what I think. First of all, there are different metrics you could go by. What's the best movie we've done? What's been the most fun, interesting? Whatever. I think that we both have a favorite, and I think it's the same.
1: I feel like recency bias...
0: I know. That's the other thing.
1: Yeah, Shin Godzilla was one of the most fun to watch and then discuss. Uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it. we're gonna both be stuck on recency bias, but I think it's gonna be between Shin Godzilla and Never Rarely Sometimes Always.
1: Oh, without a doubt.
0: I might even. I think I'd put Never Rarely at number one.
1: Okay, that's interesting. I would probably go right now. I would go Shin Godzilla, Family, because I fucking loved oh, talking to Sydney.
0: Shit, yeah. Uh,
1: and and then Never
0: Rarely. I think Family and Never Rarely are tied, but they're also yeah. tied in. To each other because Sydney's in never early
1: <laughs> exactly
0: no we've just been doing
1: we've been putting out perfect pods lately I know I, they're I all
0: perfect I mean you really can't go wrong yeah as far as like what's our favorite movie we've ever done I feel like we've done so many good movies it's very hard to say and recency bias wants me to say Shin Godzilla but also High Life was the yeah. most fun with like bringing in all the facts and everything. Once I did research for that movie, I remember being so excited. TBT yeah. episode four of the podcast. <laughs> it, probably yeah. well, like <laughs> it probably sounds like shit.
1: probably sounds like shit, but I, I remember having a ball recording it because I was so excited to talk about it. Yeah. Um, so High Life is a
0: standout. Yeah.
1: High Life blew me away. One of my favorite movies. For
0: so sure. good. Especially once I did the research, I just loved it more and more with, like, everything that I found out about it. Yeah. I remember, and, um, yeah, I can't think of another movie that's made me so excited to talk about it with you. (laughs) Yeah. I was, like, on the edge of my seat dying.
1: Yeah, the the only one other movie that was, like, I had to discuss was Shin Godzilla.
0: Yeah. But every episode's a winner, really. I mean, oh, I also liked our Alita Battle Angel episode. That was funny. (laughs) And we have so many good episodes. It's really hard to say.
1: Oh, yeah. Alita Battle Angel was really fun. That movie was dumb as fuck.
0: Sean is so funny that guested with us on that episode. Ugh. They're all fun. We have a great time doing the pod. And we We got to say, like, we got to shout out people who listen to the pod because we have so much fun doing it. And it really rocks. And we would do it even if nobody listened but it's really cool that people do listen and like Without it. a doubt. Yeah. And a double extra shout out to any real ones who have been with us since the beginning because we truly sounded like shit at the beginning and we're better now.
1: <laughs> we're getting better every day.
0: And we're just going to keep getting better and better. We'll live in the same city one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and shout out to us because we've been remote since day one and um Pods that are yeah. way more professional than us cannot figure out how to do remote. We
1: have to record in different rooms.
0: <laughs> Get used to it. Amateurs And we're a hundred percent pro, so pats yep. on our own backs for that one. So yeah, just had to shout out everyone. Uh we're so blessed. This is great. Yeah. <sighs> All that being said, now it's time for damn plugs, I think, right? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> 50th episode extravaganza this has been a real one you can follow us everywhere instagram anywhere you want at screen vomit one word on all the things we're also on youtube mm-hmm. now in case you missed it Bing, ding. subscribe on your podcast app tell your friends about us if you like us leave us a review please yes yeah. Um, you can send us an email at screenromitpod at gmail.com you can tweet at us with your thoughts on this movie or other movies I always want to know what you're watching um, next week we'll be watching Mandy and Ugh. we'll be joined by a special guest for that one so yeah, it's going to be a good up, uh, another perfect episode in our string of perfect episodes so we'll see you then alright bye bye bye